Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, April 20th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. It was a pretty slow news week, and as a result, gold has been basically range-bound. The yellow metal got a boost early in the week with safe haven buying, and it hit its weekly high on Wednesday. But it fell off Thursday with some profit-taking. Currently, gold is trading at 1341.10, silver is at 1724, and the silver-gold ratio stands at 77.99. With the U.S. missile strike in Syria, rumblings of a trade war, and generally weak dollar, gold briefly flirted with 1365 last week, but the anticipation of Federal Reserve rate hikes continues to create strong headwinds against a yellow metal. Last week, the Fed released its March FOMC minutes, and most analysts interpreted them as hawkish. In fact, many people now think the Fed will nudge rates up again in June, leaving six months to get in the much-anticipated third hike of the year, and maybe even get in a fourth hike. The Fed based its hawkishness on its anticipation of continued strong economic growth and increasing inflation. In his podcast this week, Peter Schiff said they have it half right. Inflation is going to continue to increase, but the central bankers don't even really have that right. Peter says inflation is actually going to go up faster than they project. The bottom line is the Fed isn't going to be able to push through with all of these rate hikes. And I'll get back to that later in the podcast. It was a really good week for silver. The white metal climbed 2.8% on Wednesday, marking an 11-week high for U.S. investors at 17.30 per ounce. Silver has been buoyed by a general upswing in commodities, including oil and aluminum and other metals, and bullishness in the solar energy sector. There was some notable news in the bond market this week, rising government bond yields, i.e. falling bond prices. Some U.S. maturities are at a multi-month or even multi-year high yields. While the precious metals markets haven't noticeably reacted yet, rising bond yields do suggest rising inflation, just like Peter said. Historically, gold and silver have been purchased as hedges against rising inflation. And of course, this ties into government debt. The government has a lot of treasuries to sell in order to finance all of this spending. With the Fed supposedly trying to shrink its balance sheet, who's going to buy all this debt? We've asked that question over and over, and the answer is apparently nobody. That's why we're seeing bond prices fall and interest rates rise. And this does not bode well for the U.S. economy or for the world economy, for that matter. Here's the bottom line. The world is drowning in debt. Global debt has reached record levels. According to a recent IMF report, the world has amassed $164 trillion in debt. That comes to 225% of global debt to GDP. That's a level not seen since the peak of the 2008 financial crisis when combined public and private sector global debt to GDP ratio hit 213%. Now, I find this pretty interesting. Three countries account for half of the total global debt. That's the U.S., China, and Japan. China is a huge player in the global borrowing world. The country's debt surged from $1.7 trillion in 2001 to $25.5 trillion in 2016. The IMF described China as a, quote, driving force behind increased global debt, accounting for three-quarters of the rise in private sector debt in the last decade. Last year, Jim Rickards listed a Chinese debt crisis as one of the possible snowflakes that could set off the next financial avalanche. But according to IMF Director Vitor Gaspor, the United States stands out in this world of debt. 
It is the only advanced economy projecting a rise in debt-to-GDP ratio over the next five years. Gasper said, quote, We urge policymakers to avoid pro-cyclical policy actions that provide unnecessary stimulus when economic activity is already pacing up, end quote. I like the way Zero Hedge translated this. Trump, stop what you're doing before you lead to a debt funding crisis that finally bursts the global debt bubble. The IMF singled out the Trump tax cuts and the massive budget recently passed by the U.S. Congress, noting they left the U.S. with a deficit of 5% of national income into the medium term and a persistently rising level of debt in GDP. The report said, quote, in the United States, fiscal policy should be recalibrated to ensure that the government debt to GDP ratio declines over the medium term. This should be achieved by mobilizing higher revenues and gradually curbing public spending dynamics while shifting its composition toward much needed infrastructure investment, end quote. Now, notice the IMF primarily focuses on the evils of tax cuts. Yeah, it does mention the need for reductions in spending, but of course it's perfectly happy with infrastructure spending. This is t- typical Keynesian witch's brew. Talk about voodoo economics. Anyway, the fact is runaway spending is the fundamental problem in the U.S. We got a little bit of tax relief, and yeah, we needed it, but we got tax relief without any corresponding government relief. Government relief is what we really need. The IMF also noted the problem of massive debt in the rising interest rate environment. According to its report, the interest burden has doubled in the past 10 years to close to 20% of taxes, an escalating cost which, quote, reflects in part the increasing reliance on non-concessional debt as countries have gained access to international financial markets and expanded domestic debt issuance to non-residents, end quote. The IMF warned that the world urgently needs to reduce global debt in both private and public sectors to improve the resilience of the global economy. Quote, fiscal stimulus to support demand is no longer the priority, end quote. Zero Hedge did a great job summing all this IMF stuff up. I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from their report. What we again find odd is how quiet everyone was for the past 10 years when central banks, by keeping interest rates at record low levels, enabled the world's biggest debt issuance spree for both public and private debt. And now that debt is at a level that even Goldman recently said is no longer sustainable, suddenly everyone from central banks to bank CEOs to NGOs is screaming from the rooftops how dangerous debt really is. Reading the IMF report between the lines, it is nothing more than advanced scapegoating for the inevitable global debt crisis that is coming, and which not even the IMF is hiding anymore. What is most comical, if completely expected, is that the IMF is now blaming it all on Trump, not on generations of economists who steered the world to the point where there is more than $3 of debt to every $1 of GDP, and not on central bankers who flooded the world with debt so that the richest 0.01% can be richer than their wildest dreams. Nope, it's all Trump's fault. Somehow, we doubt this advanced damage control will work after the next, and likely, final crash. So, circling back to the bond market, there's some troubling news out there. On Wednesday, the yield curve from 5- to 30-year bonds flattened to as little as 29 basis points. That represents the narrowest spread since 2007, right before the financial crash. The yield curve between 2-year and 10-year treasuries also narrowed, touching 41 basis points, also the smallest gap since before the financial crisis. Investors extending to 10 years from 7 pick up just 4.3 basis points, less than a quarter of what they got a year ago, according to Bloomberg. Okay, so what? What does this mean? Well, narrowing yield curves generally signal increasing skepticism about the long-term outlook for economic growth. 
Future New York Fed President John Williams said this week that a truly inverted yield curve is, quote, a powerful signal of recessions, end quote, that historically has occurred when the Fed is in a tightening cycle and markets lose confidence in the economic outlook. Now, I'm sure it doesn't shock you to know that the Fed has its hands in all of this. It is intentionally pushing up short-term interest rates right now as part of its tightening policy. That naturally flattens the yield curve. But there's a bigger picture here. Markets don't like having their easy money punch bowls taken away, and that's exactly what the Fed is doing. When you have a boom driven by loose monetary policy, and that policy begins to tighten up, bubbles can start to burst. As a result, things can quickly go bust. So the Fed's quest to normalize rates not only naturally flattens the yield curve, it could crash the bubble economy. That would certainly explain the correlation between Fed monetary tightening, flattening yield curves, and the onset of recessions. So what's the Fed going to do? Well, obviously, it wants to continue raising rates. After all, everything in the economy is great. And if it stops raising rates or slows down its pace, well, that's going to send a bad signal. But rising rates will almost certainly continue flattening the yield curve. That's also a bad sign. As Bloomberg put it, investors would likely take that as an ominous portent. If the curve inverts, I would look for the Fed to slow down or even reverse its rate hikes. So the mainstream keeps telling us everything is great, but as we said in the article earlier this month, optimism can't trump economic reality. Tightening yield curves are yet another sign that everything isn't as rosy as the pundits want you to think. Precious metals have traditionally preserved wealth during economic downturns, but you want to have gold and silver before the downturn begins. To learn more, call 1-888-GOLD-160 and talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metals Specialist today. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, please subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again next week.